What's up, everybody? Tom McCaffrey here, Last Exit of Brooklyn. Thanks for uh, listening. Uh, please rate and review this podcast. Uh, we've, we've been doing really well lately. We've been uh, on the uh, uh, Apple charts. and the uh, We were like number three in somewhere in Russia or something. I got an, an email. That sounds legit. <laughs> so uh, I, I have a guest here, a uh, comedian, very funny guy, Danny Palmer. What's up, Tom? He has his own podcast called the uh, Danny Palmer Show. I've been on it a few times. Yeah, you're my best ratings too, man. When you're when you're on, the ratings go up. <laughs> Clearly. Clearly. It's it's funny when you say that because like I don't understand that at all. <laughs> <laughs> not that I'm like not. I, I just it's not. I don't know. I I guess people like. I guess people like this podcast. Maybe that's how it, they hear about it or something. I think so. Probably. Your listeners love you, dude. Yeah, I'm. I'm like. I think you've talked about this before. I'm like one of those comedians that like, like fifty people love me. Like think I'm like the, the funny, really, really funny. I'm. I'm not like like famous, but like if you like me, you really like me. Yeah. Right. Well, that just to me that just indicates that the word needs to get out more. I know. I and know. Then more people will love you. Yeah. If only I had thought of that strategy. Um, <laughs> So, uh, how you been? How, what have you been up to? Just Good, tell man. me everything. Yeah, I just uh, I moved to this apartment a couple months ago. I just started a new job this week, a real like like my day corporate job. So oh yeah, how's that all, going? It's it's good, man. It's weird. I've never started a job like just over Zoom. You know, I mean. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm working from home too. It's kind of awesome, right? Yeah. I literally just wake up and like get my computer, put it in my bed. Do you? I do do that. Yeah. I sh- I shower first because I want to. I don't want to oh. sit in my own like funk all day. Oh, I don't shower. You don't shower. I shower. At, I'm a I'm a night shower guy. Okay. You know, some people do it at night. Yeah, but don't you want to feel refreshed in the morning? I do, but I'm also very tired. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of beats it out. I do that a lot. It's like I I really have a hard time getting up in the morning. I don't know if you have that. We're covering the very important topics here. No, yeah, I feel you. Same. I hate getting up early. I I not just yeah it's hard for me to get up but um so there's a few things I want to talk about um beyond getting up in the morning um <laughs> can we just focus exclusively on that for hours <laughs> yeah I want to no? do a podcast yeah just about getting up in the morning um but so Chappelle came out with a new kind of special but not really I think it was like a 20 minute thing um I forgot what it was called oh Unforgiven it was called oh yeah is that which kind of annoyed me. I don't like Where it when is people. That? I didn't know that that was. It was out. on Instagram. Oh. It, it took me a while to find it. It wasn't like on you. I couldn't. I think it's on YouTube now, but it was like on Instagram. That's where we're going now. Now it's like people releasing specials on like. I'm actually get putting a special together for TikTok. I should do that. That'd be a funny idea, right? Like, here's my new special. It's on TikTok. And it's just a minute. <laughs> um. So probably be a hit. Yeah, well, I mean, everything's getting shorter and shorter. You know what I mean. So even like Chappelle is put has like shorter specials. You know what I mean. Right. So um, are you all right? What are you? Doing? I'm just. I know. Like, I'm really adjusting things. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so. Uh, so I watched it, and you know, it's not really comedy. I mean, it's basically him just kind of like bitching and kind of talking about. Um, he's mad that people are. Did you watch it, first of all? No. So uh, right, this would be a good discussion. So it's basically, <laughs> but you've heard about it, right? Yeah, I, I misunderstood what it was. I knew about the 816 thing, 846 thing, but I didn't. Yeah. Okay. I thought that was the last one. No, there, this one came out, I think, this last week. And he basically tells people to, to boycott. Not boycott. He says specifically not to boycott, but he says, please don't watch Chappelle's show because 
Viacom and Comedy Central like aren't paying him for all the residual. Like they're playing it everywhere. They're like they've sold it to like I don't. Well, you know, they're playing on all all these different platforms, and so. It's interesting when you hear these stories about these guys who like have these huge deals and they're all they're kind of all over the place. And then you hear that they make no money, that they don't give them any money. It's so like amazing to me that showbiz is that fucked up. Right. Like the Beastie Boys. I watched their documentary. Did you see it? No. Um, It just came out like five months ago. And they basically said that License to Ill, you know, sold like 10 million copies when it came out and they didn't get like any residuals. What? Isn't that insane? God damn it. And they say, they're like, we got nothing. They said they made money from like touring, but that Rick Rubin and Russell Simmons basically were like, no, we're just not going to give you. I think it's amazing. It's like, just give them like a million dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was one of the biggest albums of the decade. It was, of all time, kind of. Um that was how the contract was structured because that's how Chappelle's contract was structured. He said that's perfectly legal. It just feels wrong, right? Yeah, and I guess what happened was because do you remember the big thing was when he, I guess they uh, renegotiated for more seasons and it was like a $55 million contract and that's kind of when everything went haywire because they were in the middle of doing season three and then he left to go to africa do you like how much do you remember of that whole time i mean what you said is probably the bulk of it but yeah what did what was your i will say before we go on is that like when that happened um when he left the show in the middle and it was such a big deal and when he came back and was kind of like doing interviews about it i really was on his side about it not i don't know that a lot of people weren't but i feel like there was a lot of like the perception was like oh what, what's his problem like he's crazy just like went nuts and he couldn't handle the pressure and but then when he came back and told the story it did sound like he was a little loopy but i think it was because of that situation is like a very scary weird situation and i actually felt like he sort of at the time that he handled it pretty healthily instead of going nuts and like going on drugs or doing some DUI or whatever, he just like left the country. You know what I mean? Which was kind of like the smart. And then I think what would really piss him off and the thing that I always thought was so shitty is that Comedy Central was like, "Yeah, we're just gonna air what you shot, and you don't even have to. Who like basically fuck you? We're just gonna air what you shot, even if you don't want us to. You know what I mean?" And, and that's I, what they did. Yeah, and I was always like, "What? That's so shitty! Like, why not just be like, if I was like head of that company? Because uh, do you like Chappelle's show was like Comedy Central's like meal ticket, basically. I mean, it was the biggest thing they had ever done. So it's like this guy's show is huge. He's like your your cash cow. Why didn't someone just go? Why didn't they be like, look, someone get him on the phone, someone go to Africa." apologize tell him we'll do whatever we need to do to get you to come back what do we need to do to get you to come back right yeah but instead they were like fuck you and i think and they kind of painted him as like oh yeah he's crazy fuck him yeah this impetuous artist yeah so and what's amazing to me is hearing what he said on unforgiven is that like he didn't get any of that 55 million so that's got to really hurt because it's like this thing that you came up with but i feel like that's like all of showbiz is like you create these things and then they're like great yeah we'll, we'll take it you know oh here's no money oh we're gonna do whatever we want with it it's not yours anymore um yeah because it's an unequal power structure right yeah they always, wise, that's changing now hopefully right. yeah but it, it what's amazing to me is you said he got this bad contract but the thing is like 
when he did Chappelle's show, he was like, no, you know what I mean? It wasn't like he was nobody. So even like Chappelle being known and having all this success was still getting shitty contracts. Like, that's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, what does anyone, you know, when it's like your big break and you're nobody, then they really can take advantage of you. Like the Beastie Boys were nobodies. What do you think of that? I feel like it would almost be more of a nightmare to be really famous and become really big, but they took all your money. Imagine if you were really famous, but you didn't have any money. Like, Ugh. wouldn't that suck? Yeah. And these fat cats that already have money have all <laughs> yeah. your money. Like, wouldn't you rather... Ju- it's so funny. Like, old, I think younger, I, I, the, the um, idea is like, oh, yeah, if I was famous, everything would be great. Oh, who cares about money? You know, but like now I'm like a complete opposite. I'm like, I would just rather have money and have no one really know me. Right? Yeah. There's some, there's some famous person that said if you have the choice between rich and famous, try rich first. Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, yeah. Well, he goes try rich and see if that doesn't do it for you. <laughs> yeah, start with rich. Um, but that I think that does kind of that is a sign of like when you get older because when you get older you're kind of like well, why do I need to be famous like what like I'm still mad at that girl in fifth grade <laughs> but you know what I mean like I feel like that's why people want to be famous because people were like mean to them in school. And they're like, I'm going to show you guys. Right. I'm going to be famous and be broke. <laughs> See, I, that, I, I, I took it when you first said that I took it t- a different way. I thought you meant I'm still mad at that girl in fifth grade. Like, I still have my own personal problems that didn't disappear because of fame. Right. Which I guess is another interpretation of it. But yours is better. But that's interesting to think of it in that way, too. Right. Like, well, yeah, you're famous, but you still have, you know, medical problems in your family or whatever the problems are. In right, your life, right. Right. No. And I think that that's true. I think people think that that is what's going to make them happy. But I there's no way that can be true. There's no way people annoying you on the street would make your life fulfilled you know what i mean but i think people do think that like well when i'm walking down the street and everyone's yelling at me then my life will be great you know like that's the ultimate validation (laughs) that you need to be happy right i guess but it's like i feel like being famous would be like being really famous would be great for like two days yeah and then you'd be like all right we're still doing this yeah i can't go outside and i gotta rush into a car yeah, you know what I mean? And, sound and, fun. and Chappelle did become that level at that time where he was so huge that people were just yelling at him. And I I I kinda always got the feeling he he didn't really like that too much, you know what I mean? And so kinda didn't um you know, I think he did I, I'm not saying he, he was crazy, but I mean I think in that kind of a situation anyone at first would kind of go crazy, you know what I mean? Because it's just he even said it. It's like you're in this on this very short list of people. No one knows what that's like. There's like 30 people that can like relate to that. And like, what are you supposed to do? You know what I mean? Like, because you can't. I think what's scary about it is you can't just go back if you don't like it, right? Once you're in the that stratosphere of fame. Yeah. Do you remember that actor Josh Hartnett? Yeah, a little bit. He was um, this kind of like young, like good-looking dude who was like on like kind of the um trajectory of becoming like the next like brad pitt like he was going to be this big movie star he was in like pearl harbor oh yeah and he um i read an article about him recently like because he kind of just like left because he didn't really like he kind of was scared of being that level of fame you know what i mean because they were like you're gonna be the next big thing oh you're on the cover of vanity fair and like he sort of like turned his back on it and then um now he's kind of coming back a little bit, but he, 
it happened to him young and i i always kind of it always kind of made me like him more because it was like oh that's cool that someone was like oh i don't want that even at that age it was like yeah i know this isn't what i want and i saw him in an interview and he said like what's scary is like you can't he said exactly what i said like if you get it then what and then you're that and it's like what do you do then you know like if you be, you know what I mean. Like yeah. if you, if you had that happen, do you think you would like it? Like, I think as a comic, like you know, working to get better and get seen and hopefully get some recognition, just so you can like tour theaters. I think I would like that element of it, like the yeah. the Brian Regan level of fame, where right, if I was right. touring theaters and selling albums and making a living as a comic, and right. people know me on the street, but weren't like thronging over me or you know around yeah, me yeah. like that. I that I would like that, but not like the. Ariana Grande rush into a car before the paparazzi snap pictures. Not that right. level, right? I know, but but Some, don't a lot of people say you're going to be the next Ariana Grande? I do get that frequently <laughs> as a 45-year-old white bald man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, dude, you're the next Ariana. No, but I, I guess there are levels, yeah. I think, like, certain people have a great level of it. Um, Like, David Cross, you know, was always kind of, like, a good level of, like, you know, yeah. he kind of made it later and... He was like famous enough, but not like so much that he was kind of that fame of like, oh yeah, that's that guy over there. You know what I mean? That's um, a good example. Like Mr. Show is a great show, but it wasn't like Chappelle show. Yeah, right? it had its its fans. It was more but, niche. Yeah, right. It must be weird when like, cause you're probably like, oh yeah, I want to, um, you know, I want to do this thing, and then it just blows up, and and everyone's kind of telling you like, well, that's what you want. That's what everyone wants, and it's like, well, maybe I don't want that. You know what I mean? Like. Um, it, it, I guess it's weird, like that you can't control it. I almost feel like it's kind of what hurt, like Louis C.K. Like if Louis C.K. hadn't become so famous, none of that Me Too shit would have happened. You know what I mean? Because he wouldn't have had the power to lord over those. Just no one would have cared. No, no. I just, I just don't think the story would have had traction. Oh, the if he, story, right? Because like people would have been like, well, "Who's that?" Like, yeah, oh, he does that. Yeah, okay. But when he became so big. It was like now you a story is going to like have legs and stick, you know what I mean? So I I think that happens a lot, like almost like Millie Vanilli, like you want to you want to do a thing and maybe it gets like the the problem with Millie Vanilli was they became they did this thing and I think they were like oh this would be cool if he made some money, but then they became so big that the target was on them, you know what I mean? Yeah. So was it because that's what happens when you become that successful? There is a target on you because there's a lot of people who are mad and they're like, "We're gonna get you." You know what I mean? Yeah, like the it's lonely at the top cliche. Like once you're up there, people are gonna take pot shots at you, right? Yeah, and everyone's mad at you. You did? How dare you do that? I want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that kind of the attitude? Yeah, you shouldn't. It is funny when you look back the Millie Vanilli thing. Envy. Yeah, and it's like I get it. You you know they they were lying, but at the same time, it's like it's just fucking dudes dancing around in music. <laughs> people were so mad. People acted like it was like the worst thing that had happened in the world. Like these guys didn't sing; they just danced. <laughs> All right, did you yeah. like the song? It's yeah. better than like child abuse. <laughs> like it's yeah, not that it's big like, of a crime. You didn't really sing. <laughs> I just we we like find weird things to be mad at. You know. Yeah. Also, I don't really care that it was fake. I like their songs. I still I know, like their I still songs. listen to it. I'm like, hey, you jerks. <laughs> um, they like ruined those guys' lives. Like forever. It wasn't even their, their well, idea. Well, they ruined their own lives by doing that. 
right? No, I I know. I I mean, yeah, they were participants. True. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. People didn't just kidnap them and make them lip sync, but but you're saying the public public response did, the punishment didn't fit the crime. The public response punishment didn't fit the crime. Well, when I look back on it, I think the you know what hurt what the problem was they won a Grammy. And once you like start uh, winning big awards, if there's a fraud, that's when you get the target. Like it's kind of like if they had been medium successful, made some money, it would have just gone away. It's kind of like when you get the big, if you do something bad and then you get the big success, it's almost like a nightmare. You know what I mean? Yeah, because then you're taking away opportunities from legitimate artists. Yeah, yeah, and I and but the thing is, it's like it's so hard to like. I guess just looking back on the Millie Vanilli thing, it was just kind of thought of as like the worst thing that ever happened, and yeah, and those guys like one of them committed suicide, and it's just sort of like really, yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, that well, I think he like OD'd or something, but it was kind of like a you know kind of like um, indirect suicide. Like I mean, you know, he was completely ruined. But yeah, he probably read all the negative comments online. That's what's scary about being famous too, because like, what happens when it goes bad? You know. Because then everyone hates you. <laughs> yeah. Like. And then you can just like stay up at night and lay in bed and scroll through people hating you and coming up with maybe some piercingly accurate critiques. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's. um. So what, how did I get into oh, Chappelle? I, so I think that's what happened with that is like he got so freaked out. Um, did you like that show? Chappelle show? Yeah, it was great. Uh, totally yeah i mean dude i remember being in a concert at music midtown in atlanta and people had like signs like i'm rich bitch or, i'm rick james bitch like that it was like a cultural phenomenon yeah it was it really hit like a uh like like a nerve or something it like struck something of the time it was like a it came at like the perfect time because it was i mean there were really only two seasons of it and by the second season it was like huge and then he signed that contract when he was 28 too I think it's what he said. Yeah, I think he was like 28. and But that, that's the thing. I, I think it's so weird. You always hear these stories um, about, like, I, um, I'll, I'll see interviews with an actor who was in, like, a really big movie, but because it was, like, one of their earlier things, they didn't make, like, any money on it. So that's always so weird to me. Like, it'll be this huge movie that made them big. But, I mean, when you really think about it, showbiz and all that, it's 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 really scary in every aspect. Because there's the part, the aspect of, like, you might never get anywhere, it's really hard. And then it might it's a thing of, like, you might get somewhere but not have any money. Because then it's, like, like I saw an interview with some actor who, who had done, like, their first movie, like, kind of made them famous. And then they said they got, like, $12,000 from the movie. And it's, like, well, that's, like, not a lot of money. So you kind of got to keep hoping your career keeps going you know what i mean like because you're not done at twelve thousand dollars um so i think people don't take that into account i think people assume i always did like when you'd see people in movies and stuff like oh they must be rich um but i don't think i think a lot of them don't like i saw an interview with someone from the movie clueless and they were saying how like i think that was the guy it was like the donald Faison, the black guy in clueless he said he got like 12 grand from that movie what he bought like a car with all the money, oh. that's insane, right? Were you the one that was telling? Yeah, it is. Were you the one that was telling me that the guy that played Cameron in Ferris Bueller's Day Off went out to L.A. and was waiting tables because nobody would hire him for a movie? He was. was it um, you that told me. I think it was. I think, I think it was. It was. He had done Ferris Bueller and he moved to L.A. and he was working temp jobs, temp jobs, like in a warehouse, and he was like working with all these guys who were like Cameron is that the guy from like are you in movies or something I'm like that was a huge movie 
But isn't that crazy? Imagine like being that famous and like you you have to go to like a temp agency because then everyone's gonna be like, oh, what a loser. Oh yeah, which really plays into his character too. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of makes sense that Cameron would end up temping. <laughs> um. Well, do you, do, well, that's one good thing about podcasting, right? Is that Hollywood doesn't have all the power that it used to. Like Joe Rogan's a great example of that, right? He moved to Austin. He doesn't need Hollywood. And he's he's trying to tell people, like, you don't need it either. Like, if you create your own thing. And he was a guy that they the industry did turn its back on him for a little while. Do you remember that yeah. story? Of the comedy store thing? Or, like, other yeah, stuff? Yeah, when the whole Mencia thing. I don't know that. I don't know that story. Well, he... Remember the the he um accused Mency of stealing. Uh, okay. And there's like a video of it, and it it didn't. I mean, I I guess it, it kind of went viral. Like it it wasn't. It was kind of before viral things, but it got a lot of attention. And it was like he's calling out Mencia because Mencia was like a huge comedian at the time. It was stealing a lot. Um. And he got banned from the comedy store because of it. And that his, was why? Yeah, and his uh. agent dropped him because they represented Mencia. And they were like, well, we can't, this guy is. And he was like, dude, I, I I just told the truth. I was defending comedians, you know? And they're like, well, sorry. that's So I think he really, like, he, he, I mean, he definitely, they, they turned their back on him for a little while. And, and it's kind of amazing when you look at it now because Mencia is like, I don't even know what he's... I mean, I'm sure he's touring around and stuff, but... Right. Rogan is, like, one of the biggest people in showbiz, right, at this point? Absolutely. What It's like that the long arc of justice bends towards... What was that phrase? You know what I'm talking about? I do, but I don't know it. The long arc of history bends towards justice or something like that? Yeah. Not, not that that's I, 100% I feel, true, but yeah. in this case, it sounds like it is, you know? Right, right. I can. There's a lot of stories where that didn't happen, though. 100%, dude. Yeah, um, I feel like I believed in those sayings. Those are the sayings you believe when you're young. Like, you know when you're young and you're like, oh, yeah, like, good wins out over evil, always. And then you get older, you're like, no. Not necessarily. <laughs> no, that's not true. Actually, bad people, like, they win a lot. Um, Chris Rock talked about that. Um, that, uh, oh, God, I just lost my train of thought. Um, oh, that, like, people are like, oh, well, Trump's going to go down. And and he goes, well, some people are just bad people, and then they just are bad and are successful their whole life, and then they just die. Like, there's yeah, no exactly. guarantee of justice. Yeah, I remember. I I remember he remember said that? that. Yeah, that um, was not tangerine special. I think. Yeah, it was a tambourine. Yeah. Tambourine, yeah, yeah. tangerine. <laughs> that was a racist. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was kidding. You think the word tambourine and tangerine look alike or sound alike? <laughs> I don't know. Um, Bizarre. Uh, yeah, he does say that on that. So uh, is there? So that was. And Obama said something about that too when Trump won. He's like, he's like, history doesn't move in a straight line. Like, there's no like guarantee. Th- like, it, things could go good for a while and then bad, or bad and then bad. Like, there's no like, oh, and then ultimately the good guys will win. Right, and we nope. we we talked about this on your podcast a little bit. Where really? like that's kind of why, I think you get it young because when you're young, all the stuff they throw at kids is like. Hey kids, like, just work hard and you can do anything you want. I remember, like, I would babysit my nieces like 12, 13 years ago, and like all the stuff that they were watching was like stuff like that. But I was older and I was like, oh boy. And it was like, follow your dreams, kids, and you can do anything you want. And, like, just be a good person. And then it's like, oh no, that's not really how it works out. And then even when you get older, when you see TV and movies, it's always like, 
oh, the good thing, you know, it worked out in the end. Like, the person who was good got, you know, got justice in the end. They won out. They beat out the bad person. Um, but, you know, like the whole thing with karma, but it doesn't really... That's the thing with karma. I, I think it does exist, but a lot of times you're not around to see the karma. You just kind of have to hope that they got hit by a bus or something. <laughs> have you ever had that where, like, someone fucks you over and then years later you hear something bad happen? You're like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you think of any or say any? Well, it's this. I talked about it on my podcast last week, actually, just like a kid. I mean, this isn't, I'm not saying this is poetic justice in it by any means. It's tragic. But this kid used to bully me and then he had, he drank too much and he had some brain injury i think from the drinking and then like ran his car into a train it's like i mean obviously i would not wish that on my worst enemy but i would he used to to pick on me and i mean he didn't deserve that man no i know i i that that um that saying i wouldn't wish on my worst enemy always annoyed me because i was like really i would like because i don't like them a lot (laughs) there's plenty of things (laughs) so i I want bad things to happen to them Oh, I wouldn't wish that on my worst. Yeah, no, I would because I don't like them, and I it sounds. I, I'm kind of kidding, because um, a lot of times. No, I feel yeah. Yeah, yeah, but like w- one person I will say that it came around, the justice came around was uh, with the bad karma was Cosby. Oh yeah, dude. Um, and I don't know why, but recently I got into like a YouTube like wormhole of Cosby things. Like you were jerking off to Bill Cosby. Yeah, that's basically what I was saying. Um, <laughs> it's like what I'm saying. Because if you're on the internet, you have to be jerking off, right? That's all we do. Um, now I like you know you know stuff comes up like it was someone was talking about Cosby and then like I was like oh yeah I was I was interested in hearing people tell stories about cosby like their experiences like do you know dc benny that comedian yeah he has a really funny story about he was on he wasn't on the cosby show he was on like a later one like caught just called cosby or something and he has a whole story about how cosby was so mean to him and just like yelled at him and belittled him and and all this horrible stuff um but it's just funny. All these comedians have these awful stories about him. Do you know? Did you like him? I liked the Cosby Show as a child. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I watched some of his specials. I mean, I thought they were like pretty entertaining and kind of funny. But I wasn't like blown away. Yeah, you know, I never liked him. I always thought, and I was watching old clips of him, and there's this one clip where he's like host. He's guest hosting the Letterman Show, huh? And Sofia Vergara is on it, really? and he like. He's not even behind the desk. He sits right next to her in the chairs, and he's just staring at her and like Dude. talking about how hot she is. What? I gotta it's watch. Really that. weird. It's and everyone's like, oh, it, you know, it really dates. It, it's dated badly, or it's aged badly because because of what you know about him. But I'm like, no, that's weird. That that he's just acting weird. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think you or I would have done that when we were like 15. Well, it's like I wouldn't have done that ever. I remember I used to watch things like that young, and I would even then I I got like a weird feeling when like remember you would see in pop culture a lot of things like um uh, where the guy would be super aggressive, but like it would be like funny. They they kind of treat it as like a comedic thing. Like, um, did you watch Mash? No. There was there was on Mash the character Hawkeye, you know, Alan Alda was right. kind of like a ladies man. Okay, and he would always do this thing where he would just out of nowhere just grab a woman and just start kissing her, just and she was like not she was just there, and it was supposed to be like oh he's such like a 
he's so charming and such a lazy he could just grab women and start making out with it and then a lot of times the women after he like let them go would look kind of like dazed that they were like wow he's so great you know what i mean and i remember seeing that young and being like that's weird you know what i mean even that young i knew that something was off about that i'm glad you're able to perceive that I just remember being like, oh, is that, I wouldn't, why would you ever do that? You know what I mean? Like, but. That was the Al Franken thing, too. Like, he, the pictures of him, like, pretending to grab, like, this woman in the army's boobs. Like, dude. Yeah. Clearly, well, what did you think of that? That's poor behavior. <laughs> Especially to get the, to get do you the think picture sh- taken. Yeah. I don't yeah. think I would have done that drunk in college. Maybe, but I don't think so. Like, I don't know, man. Yeah. He, and he wasn't young when he did it. But it wasn't like the worst thing, but yeah, yeah. It was, she was like asleep, I right? I think so. <laughs> yeah, I don't really remember. Yeah, I think she was asleep. It is weird how we had to have this like movement to be like, hey, you know what? Can like, you, you shouldn't fuck women when they're asleep. Right. Can we just agree on that now? Like that, that, like that became a thing in like 2017. Dude, that's why I always like go on social media and, and attack Ben Roethlisberger because if he had done, I've read all the fucking witness testimony, those two rapes that he did, that he did, and he escaped conviction on both. If those would have, if that those trials would have been after me too, I guarantee you different result. But I'd be, oh, Steelers are eleven and zero. Oh yeah, but Big Ben is two and zero on rape, escaping escaping rape convictions. I be- fucking hate him because man. they were like good, good at the time. <laughs> is that what happened? Did he? How many? He raped like more than one person. I mean, I'm not gonna say that he did because it. I'm sure. I did. don't know. I'm. I wasn't there. But yeah. I mean, if you read the Come witness on, testimony, <laughs> if you read the witness testimony in both cases, it seems pretty clear. But no, there were two accusations. There were two that like went to trial or whatever. Yeah. Um, which means there were like a hundred. Exactly. If those two made it to court, and you know, that's the thing people don't realize. It's kind of like roaches with these things. It's like you see one, you know that there's like a hundred somewhere behind the wall. Yeah. Um, but that's why I hate. That's one reason I hate Steelers fans because you guys are fucking hypocritical. Yeah. Fuck you. Oh, Big Ben can get away with rape because we like the team. When did that we like happen? Their colors. Fuck you, Pittsburgh. Go I just, Browns. I just remember. Um, the reason I kind of knew about it was because uh, Eminem references him in uh, in a song, like like a rape like reference. Uh, okay. He goes, um, something, something, they call me Slim Roethlisberger. Actually, it kind of makes like a weird, <laughs> like, r- rapey reference. Like, uh, I forgot what he says, but he says they call me Slim Roethlisberger. But I think he's kind of shitting on him, you know? Dude, you love Eminem. You you talk about Eminem not a as lot. much as I did, but yeah. I, I I did. I was. I think what it is is now that I'm older, I've like relaxed a lot more. So I still listen to him, but a lot of times, like uh, listening to him is tiring now because I'm older, and he's really mad in a lot of he's songs. Always mad. <laughs> That's kind of what I liked about him, though. Like he was really mad, and I was really mad. You know, like um, why were you mad? I don't know. I just feel like you know, there's a lot of like. Oh, I don't, I'm not being treated fairly, and I mean, I think a lot of people are mad. You know what I mean? But I, what I liked about it was he was he was mad, and he just he expressed it through his art completely. You know what I mean? And like a he made it like a positive thing. He like it fueled him to be good at something instead yeah. of just holding it in and just being like, you know, not doing anything about it, like beating his kids or something. You know what I mean? Which I feel like is what a lot of people end up doing. They're just mad, and you're not allowed to be mad. I like that it was like, you know, like a guy who looked like who was exactly my age about, who kind of looked like me. You know what I mean? Like I I could relate to him. We had completely different lives, 
and he was unapologetically uh, angry. And he was like, and I remember when I when he first became big, I was like, oh, you know what? I guess it is okay to be mad. And I just kind of started doing stand up around that time, and I was like, oh, you know what? I'm mad, and I want to say things. And I, I, who gives a shit if people don't like it? You know, I really like that aspect of him, which is I, which and I think that's why he he resonated with so many people because I feel like. And actually, that tells you a lot right there. The fact that he became so successful, it isn't because there was something that was relatable to people. A lot of people, I think, are mad a lot. Even if you feel like you don't have the right to be, a lot of people are upset and mad. And I think he tapped into that, like, you know what, I'm mad too. And this guy's kind of saying what, like, I feel like he would say things. And I was like, yeah, that's how I feel about that. I don't know how to say it, but he's saying it. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's kind of beautiful because, like, they say, like, anger destroys the vessel within, but then he found a creative outlet to express that anger, and then that outlet became many other people's outlets as well. Right. 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 Like I said, instead of keeping it in and being like, oh, I'm whatever, like, because I saw an interview with him, and he said that, because he had a really hard life. Like, you know, it's funny that I'm like, yeah, I'm just like him. It's like my life was, I had so much better life than him. Yeah. Um, You weren't living on an eight mile, pal. Yeah, and, like, you know, his dad, like, left when he was, like, a baby, and they had, like, no money. And But he said that he st- when he was rapping, he at first was kind of, like, trying to be accepted. And then he got he was getting nowhere, and he just got so mad he, that he was just like, I don't give a shit. I'm making this fucking... I'm going to make my own album. I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want to say. If you don't like it, I, I, tough. I, I'm really pissed. And then he said when people started, when he became big, and people were like, you can't say that. He was like... You know, pe- people were like offended by him, and he was like, "I'm I've been offended my entire life. What do you want me to do? Mm. Like, it's like, do you want me to just like sit back and take it and do nothing with my life and just because that's what everyone wants? Like, hey, you can do something as long as I don't feel offended. And he's like, I don't care if you're offended. This is my life. I'm gonna like go after what I want. And if you don't like it, then you don't really have to listen to it. Um, yeah, that's like an authentic human being and, and a real artist. That does those kinds of things. Yeah, right? so I think that's what... So he was very inspiring to me when I first started doing stand-up in terms of that kind of an attitude of, like, I'm just going to... Which I think is the right attitude to have, like, when you're, when you're like, creating art. It's just you can't worry about what people are going to th- say about it. You know what I mean? Which is really hard. Because a lot of times you're like, well, I, don't, I can't say this and I can't say... And I think that's why Chappelle kind of resonated, too. And I think it's why he's been able to come back so huge because he just comes back and just says whatever the fuck he wants. And everyone's like, because he is someone you can tell went through the ringer. And fuck, when he came back, he was like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I got all this. Like, my career now, I made all this on my own because he has no one to answer to. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, that's kind of great. Like, it's it's that's a beautiful convergence of being your authentic self expressing who you actually are and then being met with real world success because you are that authentic person and it's 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 also the dynamic of like whenever you're trying to get people to like you it like has the opposite effect where not not only in entertainment just in anything like a girl or something or, or you know what i mean where you're like trying to get people to like you like they can kind of there's a vibe they can pick up on, but it's always when you kind of just don't give a shit what people think of you. Like, there's so many people I know. You know, it's always like the the biggest assholes in the world that I've known that everyone's like, I love them. 
And you're like, really? What? You know, it's even like young. I would see guys be shitty to girls. They're like, I love him. And it's like, why? He's always like mean. I don't know. Um, so I think it's like that on a bigger level. Like that's why I think people respond where they're like, I love him. He just he doesn't care. He just says the worst things in the world, and like he doesn't care what what anyone thinks of it. Um, huh. Because maybe there's an underlying authenticity beneath the yeah authenticity the and cruel the- exterior. Yeah, I think it's it's nice to see people that aren't like full of shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, it's an interesting way to look at it. Instead of yeah, because usually people are just like, oh well, girls just like assholes. But yeah, well maybe there's some reasons why that makes sense. Yeah, and that I, aren't negative. Per and se. I remember him in an interview. He said that he kept trying to like get a record deal, and he kept making these. You know, he was kind of copying other people's styles a little bit, and it got nowhere. And then he said when he finally stopped worrying about what anyone thought of it is when everyone was like you're amazing and it was when he was like really i just made an album saying the most crazy weird shit like he basically he was like he made an album that was like i don't think anyone will like this but it's always like those are the things that people respond you know i've, I've had it have you ever had that where you're like are kind of like most of the things not that i've had like success like that but like a lot, like a few times, I've done things. And I'm like, oh, this is awful, and like I don't want anyone to see it. Those are the things that people are like, oh, that was great. You know what I mean? I'm like, really? I, I didn't want anyone to know about that. And then there's things where I'm like, this is great, and everyone's like, no. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like maybe on a smaller level, but sometimes I'll think in my head like, I'll go do a show on a Saturday night, and I'll be like, okay, I've got these two joke ideas that I think are hilarious. And then like sitting in the back of the showroom, like something pops in my head that's just seems kind of minor and dumb, and like I don't know even know if I should try that. And then the audience really likes that thing that was more yeah. like natural in the moment versus the thing that I had like crafted when I was trying to. Oh be yeah, funny, that happens so trying much. Trying to be Mr. Funny Guy, you know? Yeah, like that happens. Well, it happened to me at a show recently where like. I would do because jo- I would do jokes and they wouldn't really laugh and then I would make a, an offhanded comment about them and they were like ah oh, and it's like yeah it's like weird it's like if it's, they can even on that level they can pick up on if it's too because it happens a lot with comedians comedians that are very like trying to get the crowd to like them it's actually more apparent in comedy because you really are going for approval that's like a noise you know you want them to like approve of you by laughing it's not like you can't not not like music you'd be like i don't care what you think while i'm you know screaming with music over it so i can't hear you anyway but but you will see comedians a lot of times trying too hard do you know what i mean those are the comedians i hate the ones that's why like i loved i rewatched one of like david spade i know this is a weird he did a special like 20 years ago. He hasn't done a lot of specials in his career. Right. But I rewatched his like big special on HBO from like 99 and it's like a ama- it's like amazing. It's one of my favorite comedy specials cuz he's so like he completely has the attitude of like he almost looks like he's just there and doesn't almost want to be there and he just doesn't really care and he's just kind of saying whatever he wants to say and if, and he never looks uncomfortable if it goes bad he's just kind of like whatever do you know what i mean yeah yeah i feel like he's very under did you ever like i feel like he was very underrated as a comedian uh, yeah i don't know i just feel like he's always been like such a big star from being on a snl early on right and then in the sandler movies I, I never saw him as like underrated i saw him as like always a big name i but. think his stand-up though yeah like, okay he, yeah he, like his 
I feel like he's not thought of as like, oh yeah, he's like in movies and stuff. But um, I don't even know if I've seen that special you're referring to. No, it's called Take. Now the I want to watch it. Called what? Take the Take hit? the hit. And um, I want to watch that now. I gotta write that down. Yeah, and I and I I wasn't conscious of it, but I think I think very early on. Um, I I didn't like watch him and go oh I want to be like that but I think I see a lot of my kind of attitude in that a little bit which is why I think I always kind of liked him because he's very like like he kind of he's, he com- he comes off like he's he 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 almost seems like he's not trying and that's almost like his yep. his shtick is like ah eh, whatever yep um and I, those are the comedians I always loved where they were like eh, I don't really care um. Because it's more authentic, right? It feels more. Yeah, authentic. it feels. Well, to me, it does. Like, it feels more like. Don't you want to see someone that just kind of doesn't care what you think? Or yeah, they're not like shucking and jiving yeah. for your for your you know viewing pleasure. Or the guy who's like, hey, what, what are you doing? Oh, I guess you guys didn't like that one. You know, oh, you don't like looking at it. Uh, like, and he's just kind of like the yeah, manic desperation. Yeah, yeah, and making too many comments. But oh, look at her. She doesn't like that one. Oh, yeah, you don't like that one. Yeah, it's just kind of like, relax, like Robin dude. Williams. <laughs> what? Like Robin Williams, rest in peace. But I mean that that energy just doesn't work for me. I, you know, it's really funny. I remember, I, I don't know when it was, but I remember like, like, do you remember when we were really, when we were young, he was so big? Yeah. Like, I kind of watched Mork and Minnie. I think I was still kind of young when it was on. I, I guess I kind of watched it, but I feel like young, it was like, oh, wow, that guy's like the greatest. He must, be, you know, because he would do all these crazy things. And I don't know what age it happened. I think it was when I probably started stand up that. I saw him in an interview, like on the Tonight Show, and he was doing that thing where he just kept going, like, and he would like get up and go, and I remember being like, "Wow, he's really annoying." Bro, <laughs> <laughs> chill. No, you know what I mean. Where yeah. I was like, "Well, it was kind of that." You know, you have a thing of like, you like something. And then you have a moment of like, "Oh wait, I don't think I like this." Like, I think I was told to like this, and. Like, he's someone that people who don't do comedy would always be like, he's the best, right? He's, like, the best. And I would always be like, no, I think he's not good. I mean, I'm not trying to shit on I mean, I know he died and stuff. Yeah, right. It's, it's so okay weird. to someone dis- dies, you can't, like, say anything bad about them. It's, I think um, it's okay to critique someone's style of material even yeah, after they've passed. I think it, this is what I'll say. He huh. was very talented. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But Great I mean, actor. Goodwill Hunting. He was killed in that movie. It was awesome. Yeah, great actor, really good performer, just not very heartfelt performances. Yeah, I really like. It's his so movies. funny. I, I like, like his movies a lot better than his act. I'm like, yeah, he sucked. But hey, heartfelt. Oh, performances. Oh yeah, we really like him. We're nice guys. Don't um, hate us. <laughs> uh yeah, no, but yeah, I do remember. So I remember when I started stand up. I think I was kind of like, oh, I don't like that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like the guys who are running around and. Um, and there were a lot of comedians and people were like, oh, I love them. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And even back then, I, I couldn't really articulate. I was like, I don't know. There's just something about them I don't like. And then there'd be comedians who would just kind of be like, yeah, hey, whatever. And I, like, I always kind of liked the guys that were like, would go on stage in front of like half a crowd. There wouldn't be that many people. And they would just kind of dick around and would do new stuff and kind of not. I think that's how I got into the alt scene because I would go to alt shows and they were kind of, that was their whole attitude was like, Whatever, I'm just trying new stuff. Um, it kind of reminds me of Janine Garofalo, Garofalo a little bit with her like notes. 
that, that I was, she inspired me using the notes because I was like, I can't remember all these jokes. And just the fact that she was like, okay, I'm authentically working on some things and I've written them down. It helps me to see it written down. Right. That made me like, like her more. Yeah, that, that's a really good example because she was one of the first and only people that brought notes on stage during a special. Yeah. Which was like cool to me because it was like, that's a great example of that because that was like her saying, look, this is my style of comedy is how I do comedy. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend like I don't do this. This is a special. I'm not going to pretend I'm, an, I'm not this kind of comedian. Yep. And I, I remember when I did my first album, because I had to do like an hour and like, I, you know, I've done an hour, but it's hard. You know what I mean? And I brought my note. and it, But I mean, it was audio, so it was kind of like whatever, you know, because people would be like, you know, you can't bring your notes on stage. And I, and I remember I had the uh, realization, I was like, you know... I'm funnier when I have my notes. Yeah, you have a wider range of ideas to pull from. But also, like, it's it's like a security thing. I'm more relaxed. Yeah, because you don't, yep, yep. And it's like, Same. would you rather me not have my notes and not be funny? Or would you rather I maybe look to my left every, like, five minutes for three seconds <laughs> and be funnier? You know what I mean? It's right. like, don't you want me to be my funniest? Why is so, that such a crime? So this is going to be my... You know, you know what I mean? No one gets mad in, like, other professions if they, like, look at something. You know yeah. what I mean? If you look at if an executive looks down at his notes during a, an important presentation to yeah. the Hey, what are you doing? No notes. Yeah. Or, like, a doctor. Hey, can I see your x-ray? Can you bring in the chart? Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, you need notes, doc. <laughs> okay, What, pal. do you want to look at the chart? <laughs> you don't even know what this. what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> other jobs, they come in with it. Like, you almost feel weird if they don't have the notes, you know? Yeah. Um, fucking hack, hack doctor. Because I think it was a thing of like, oh, well, you're lazy if you have that. It's like, no, everyone's different. Like, I, I think that's why I like the alt scene. That's when I, when I got into comedy, the alt scene was becoming a thing, and I was always like, I liked that style, the loose style, more than what I had seen in the '80s, which was very like presentational and like wearing a suit and like, hey, you guys, how you doing? You ever like go to the store and like, duh, 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 and it was very like polished. So, like, I remember seeing Louis C.K. early on and being, he seemed very, like, and I know that's his, I think he is very polished, but in a way that he's purposely making it sound like he's not polished. Hmm. You know what I mean? Is, is that a critique or just an observation? No, I think it's, I think it's just an observation. I think he was so good at, or he still is, so good at stand-up that it looks like he's just saying it. Like, it looks like he's thinking of it right there, but he's not. He knows exactly. I've heard him say this in an interview, that all those weird, like, like pauses and kind of sound kind of like he's making it up are, like, planned. Which is, like, okay, yeah, of course, like, like he's so disciplined that it comes off natural. You know what I mean? That's part of, like, the artistry right. that he's intentionally crafting where other people crafted so much that it comes off so well crafted you know what i mean his was like man i'm I, this guy like that's why i think he, and i think david spade's the same way where you're like oh these guys are just kind of making it up as they go but they're not really doing that i think that's like a lesson to learn and stand up it looks kind of like you can just go, you know like like watching like like you know lebron play you're like oh that guy's just Running around like I could do that. Yeah, just throwing some pretty good passes there. <laughs> yeah, he's just kind of like you know, like sh shooting the ball and it goes in every time. You know, um, 
So, yeah. You uh, know, th- this is a slight uh, diversion off what you said, but it's, it's kind of like a tributary, I would say, because I read this quote from uh, Mike Kaplan. This comic, he's a great comic. I've talked, yeah. I've, I've met him. He's, he was going to have me on his podcast once. It just never happened. But he said that um, someone said to him that his act is so refined and polished and like perfectly made. Like, how did he do that? Like, how did he get to be so confident and have such this poised persona? And he said, "I did nothing." He goes, "All I did was just get up on stage over and over and over and over again, and then what what you see is just what naturally emerged," which I thought was interesting. I like it. Meaning, like he just, uh, yeah. He's like, I, I, I'm not. He's like, I, I'm like, not trying to present to you anything other than this is just me after I do it seven thousand hundred times. Right, right. That's interesting. That's this is the end result of that. Because he is a very good a example. Thing. It's of just that, who I am. Where yeah. he's so um, meticulous, and you can tell, like every word. Yep. He gets rid of every word that shouldn't be there. That's a big thing too. Yeah, he's a word craftsman. He definitely is one of those word cra- words craftsmen where like you can tell he's kind of it's almost like a song like oh this is too many words here um and he he riffs with it too he riffs that in that way too because I would host at the standing room and then he would oftentimes do his first two minutes talking to me or referring to what I had just said before I brought him up and it was the same style of like well crafted honed tight yeah you know it's just who he is is he like one of your favorites uh, I wouldn't say that, but I really enjoy his. Yeah, act. he's good. I, really he's, I haven't seen him, him in a while, but yeah, no, he's good. He, yeah, he's good. He's super talented. I look he's up to him. Good. <laughs> he's pretty good. He's no Tom McCaffrey. Good. He's not that good. Nobody's as good as me. I'm the best one. I always say that whenever <laughs> someone brings up someone great, like when people are like, I think it's because it annoys me. Like someone will be like, um, De Niro. Oh man, he's so good. <laughs> De Niro, like people will be talking like that. I'm like, oh, he's not that good. <laughs> yeah, they'll be like, what? I'm like, of course he's good. No, no one. Th- that's like undisputed. Yeah. Like you, you really are having a conversation that De Niro is good. Yeah. Like, dude, Picasso, his his paintings are yeah. excellent. Oh, dude, he's good. What, you want to talk about like how pizza's good next? Um, Who's your favorite artist? Like visual artist? As in a probably, painter? Probably uh, Mike Kaplan. <laughs> No, um, he with words. I used to really like Salvador Dali okay, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a pretty good. You ever go to that museum in uh, Sarasota? No, I've never either. been to Sarasota. What is it all his paintings? I think so. I used to hear about it growing up down there, but I never been. I just I've remember I really I liked, never been. What? I just remember um, really young. I saw that um, painting of his, which is like it's a bunch of clocks like melting. What's it called? It's like a really famous one. Of I know. His. I don't know. I, forget, I used to know the name of it. Um, I can look it up. But I really liked his his style. His style. I'm not very. I don't know a lot about art. I'm not going to pretend like I'm a real art connoisseur. But same. But do you love? Do you like it? Art. Do you like going to museums like the Mad? No, I should. You know, you know why I don't? I feel like Moment I attribute I mean? it with being young. When I was young, I was forced to do it, so I attribute it as something that like you don't do for fun. It's something you're like supposed to do. Yeah. It's like so you want to watch the Nutcracker at Christmas? You're like you have to do it. I equate it with like church, like because y- I remember my mom would be like, "We're going to the museum," or it'd be like school, and you're like, yeah, "All right, fucking um, museum." But I should go again because I do like art, and I um, th- this is kind of a good thing. It kind of reminds me of uh, like I was like the whole Van Gogh story really fascinates me yeah. because he was that guy that 
when he was alive and painting a lot, he got like no attention. Like people, a lot of people were like, "Ah, eh, what are you doing?" You know, or he's just he never got the uh, the attention that he should have gotten, and then he got it later. And I, I think it's a thing I started he got it posthumously, right? Not yeah, I think he life. was dead. Yeah, which yeah. um, <laughs> just must be so annoying. Like he's in heaven. He looks to oh great oh now you fucking like it Fuck. like there's like all these hot chicks around the painting oh no really now huh okay cool sweet <laughs> did you see the movie um with uh Willem Dafoe where he played Showgirls Van Gogh <laughs> no yes Showgirls. no what's it called I'm Joanna sure. Man <laughs> do you know that movie Joanna Man <laughs> I've heard of it but I haven't seen it is that the Damon Wayans no, it's uh, like the basketball player is a guy who pretends to be a woman and plays okay. basketball as a woman. I'm not I, laughing at that. I that's just... always like my go-to bad movie reference, Joanna Man. Joanna Man. But anyway, what was the movie with Willem Dafoe? Um, I watched it on a plane. I forget the name of it, but it's pretty good. I'll, I can look that up, too. But the Dolly painting is the, the persistence of memory. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. I'll pretend like I knew that. that but I, I, now that you said it, I knew it. The um, Willem Dafoe movie is pretty good, actually. It's really intense. It's very personal. It's more about him as like a person than than an artist. Yeah, I should see that. His like rough and tumble life, you know. Yeah, but no, it's it, he he he's someone I've thought of recently because like, um, I love those stories of. At Eternity's Gate, sorry. At Eternity's Gate. Well, I think what happens is if you're in you know pursuing something like you know <clears throat> a creative career it's very easy to get down on yourself if you're not getting recognized by in a certain way and then you start doubting yourself and you can be really like well i must like suck or be bad if but a lot of times like that like that's not a lot of times just people aren't seeing it doesn't mean it's not good it just means people aren't recognizing it um so van gogh is and you know it happens across the board with like I've I've seen it with like you know some of the most successful creative people. They always have stories of like you know like Matthew Broderick. I remember I saw in an interview and he said that um, he got cast in a movie early on in his career and like halfway through it, like financing fell through, so the movie like they stopped making it. And then he said uh, for like two years he couldn't get a job. Like he was auditioning. For every, like he said he was auditioning for like summer stock theater and like couldn't get cast and then he said he finally got like a big broadway play but it's like that's amazing to me like matthew broderick was going into summer stock auditions and they were like no Pass. like that's insane it you know is. What I mean? but there, you always hear those stories like it's like the m&m thing he always would talk about like every every label passed on him but isn't that insane? Like Eminem, like people are like, no, nope. But it's, it just goes to show, like, and I, I had that that thing. You know, it took me a while to get to it, where I find because I think I wasn't getting recognized. It got annoying because people would be like, you know, you're so great, man. Why don't you do this and this? And then I finally got to a point where I was like, I wasn't mad about it. I was like, well, maybe I could just be great and like not worry about any of that. You know what I mean? Like, and just worry about being great at something you know what i mean yeah and i i just i i don't want to sound like my focus became more like well i'm just going to try and be good at the, at something and not worry if people if i'm getting stuff from it you know what i mean yeah um, and then sooner or later hopefully they'll come along and even if they don't you're still becoming great at something which is right. a reward in itself 
So at the worst, at worst, you, you'll you know years from now you'll have like, uh, you you'll have it like recordings of stuff that's great. You know what I mean? That's kind of undeniably good. It might take a while for, but that's why I always think of Van Gogh. Like he must have been like, oh, I must not be that great. But then it was like he was. But it just people weren't. It took a while for people to catch up with him. So yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, Does that make sense. Yeah. And I, I think that greatness can be its own reward to some extent. And also, look, to your David Spade point, like, the people that are just being who they really are, doing thing a thing that they're very good at, that's way more appealing than the shuck and jive, thirsty Hollywood, chasing right. success, chasing money, chasing fame Right, know, like, 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 I would rather watch that David Spade special, like, 20 times than watch any of Dane Cook's specials. And I don't even think Dane Cook. There was a time, where, like early on, when I did comedy, like I thought he was funny. You know, I wasn't one of those like, oh, he's the, you know. But he did kind of have that thing. You could tell he got very caught up in like, I'm so great, I'm so famous, I'm so great, and I'm going to be the biggest star in the world. But like, I think what it was is I finally had a realization older. Where I was like, oh, you know, I don't think I'm that concerned with like like stars and stuff and stat i feel like it got thrust on me you're supposed to worry about that but i always liked the people that were kind of like low-key just like i'm just doing this i don't know if you don't like it i don't really know what to tell you and that kind of became more my attitude in stand-up like i was like look this is what i do like i got less upset about bombing i mean i didn't like it but it was more like look this is what it is yeah if you don't like it i don't really know i can't do anything about that Right, I'm not going to become different in the next two minutes. Yeah, I th- <laughs> and I'm not. You compar- might just be wrong. Maybe you're, you. Know, I I kind of <laughs> had that. Like I think you're kind of wrong. Yeah, you're very good at that. <laughs> yeah. I kind of throwing it back in their face, and, th- I and think then they I, enjoy I, it. I started saying that I'd be like, you know, I think you guys are just wrong. <laughs> like this is like I like I would be, I'd be like I know this is funny. <laughs> Sometimes with a joke tanks, I'll go look. These are the jokes that I have. I don't have right. backup jokes. To, right. to suit your particular fancy. You guys might as well get on board or just you can just, you know, have a horrible time. Up to you. All right, we're in an hour. Um, thanks, Danny. I hope uh, you fun, had fun. Man. Was it fun? I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, always I, I hope I didn't talk too much. You, it's your show. You yeah. didn't talk too much. I Excellent. enjoyed hearing what you had to say. All right, thanks, man. Um, so D- Danny Palmer, check out his show, The Danny Palmer Show. The Danny Palmer Show, guys. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I've been uh, on it a few that, times. Does it seem vain? When I when I start the show, I'm like, oh, the vainly titled Danny Palmer show. But also, Joe Rogan was like, dude, just if you have a if you're a comedian, name it after yourself because then you can keep it broad and then you can do anything with it. And then it's just why, why not name it after yourself? Why do you have to yeah, have like, isn't that what everyone name, does? Isn't that what right? everyone does? I mean, you're not the first. I think one. a lot of people have like, show. like you know, what's Whitney Cummings like? Uh, I don't know. A lot of a lot of like armchair expert or like yeah, but I mean, you might as well just like catchy little new. Unless it has some theme, like yeah, right. I don't want it to have a theme. I mean, I well, armchair expert is that Dax Shepard? Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of something. If like you that. were friends, good with, for you is Whitney Cummings. Yeah. I think what? I mean, if you were friends with all the biggest stars in Hollywood <laughs> and they would come over, you could probably not name it your name. You know what I mean? Right. I, that's what's annoying about podcasts now. Now everyone's doing them. Even like the biggest celebrities in the world, like Rob Lowe has a podcast, and like it's like what? Did you see? Did you see the new one? It's um. It's not that he's like the biggest star, but I mean, like, yeah, Rob Lowe is is doing a podcast. I mean, right? How about the, the new he one? He wasn't known for his like riffing, <laughs> and I'm sure it's a big hit. I'm sure it's great because he knows everyone. Yep, and I'm, it's probably interesting to listen to him talk to Julia Roberts. You know, 
And then Jason Bateman. It's a three. Jason Bateman. Well, you know that one? Jason no, Bateman. No, but I, I, I've heard of it. Um, who, who else? Who's the, second, who's the guy that played Jack in Will and Grace? I, that, I don't that guy, know. I know you're talking about that. Yeah. Jack McBride. I don't know. No, not Jack McBride. I don't know. It's th- three big, famous, big shot. And Jason Bateman. Did I say Jason Bateman? Yeah. <laughs> it's Jason it's Bateman. Jason Bateman and Jason Bateman. And Jason Bateman. <laughs> the other two guys must be huge. Yeah, and I bet you he, I bet you it doesn't even do that great. <laughs> right. Because everyone has one. You know what I mean? It's insane. Like, I don't know. Well, it's also the early going in podcasting too. Like, it's I mean, it's still a relatively young medium. There, there's like, yeah. even if there's a million podcasts, it's still a, a burgeoning medium. Yeah, from everything I've been reading, it's crazy. It I seems saturated, but it's actually not saturated. It's not. No, I don't think it is. I think that the it, there's they predict exponential podcast growth over the next like five to ten years. Just like where we're literally still at will the be bottom like of the mountain is from what I've been from from what I've been reading. You know, it's so funny. Like, we'll, we'll stop in a minute, but like, um. I feel like, uh, remember that movie Pump Up the Volume with Christian Slater? I feel like that was kind of like the first, it was like, that was like the the kernel of the idea of podcasting. Do you remember it? Yeah. Because it's like he's just kind of doing his own radio show from his house and some people around who can kind of like tune into it and start listening to it and they really like it. Oh, really? It's like a pirate pirate radio. radio. I never saw it. Okay. And then they're trying to like shut him down because he's saying things that like the you know the neighborhood the area doesn't like. They think he's being too like taboo and like and that he's like a bad influence on these kids because someone like kills himself or something. Um, hmm. And then they shut him down. And then at the end they're arresting him and they're all like, "I love you, man. You're so great." And then he he says like, "Talk hard." And then at the end. They're they're zooming out from the neighborhood, and you just hear a bunch of different people starting their own pirate radio. And they're like, hey, this is so-and-so, and my show is... And it's like a bunch of people are finally like, hey, I'm going to get my voice. And I mean, that was in like 1990. That was like the first... That's Dude, podcasting. That's probably legitimately one of the founding seedlings of podcasting, was that movie. Yeah, totally. That concept. Yeah. And it's totally like... it. It started with a guy who was like... Again, it goes back to everything of like, no one is noticing me. No one is seeing me in the world. I'm going to like, I have something in me that I need to get out. You know what I mean? Like someone is going to, and it, you know, bring goes right back, back around to Eminem where Eminem was that guy of like, he had nothing and no one noticed him. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to make people fucking notice. And that, and if you don't like it, I don't fucking care. So like that's exactly what Christian Slater's character is doing. He's like, I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want to say under a pseudonym, which is exactly that's why I was like rap music because rappers basically I think were kind of insecure. And then it was a way for them to be like, well, this is my my other, you know, character that is going to say all this stuff. It's not me. It's like this this rap persona is like the confident guy who's the greatest you know what i mean yep even though deep down they're like i'm not the greatest so it's like yep. a pseudonym but it's also like an aspirational character too right like it's he kind of does want to be that person but it what is it? i'm not getting the right like it's alter ego alter ego yeah. like where it's like okay well this guy will say that that he's the greatest in this and this and this and this um so it's exactly christian slayer's character he's pretending he's someone else and he's just saying everything he wants to say so you really tied that full circle. I did perfectly. It was like a sign. Eminem to pump up the volume. Yeah. yeah. 
That was dope. Oh, the, Will Arnett is the other guy in that part. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Will Arnett, Jason Bateman, and blank, blank, the guy that plays Jack. In yeah, it. please, if you can plug famous people's <laughs> podcasts on here. Listen no, to the Danny Palmer show, you pricks. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot, guys. Last exit to Brooklyn. We'll see you next time. Yeah. <laughs>